high sticking to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown on Sports 1440. It's Alan Mitchell along with Declan Kruger. Today's show, the Edmonton Oilers played championship caliber hockey last night against the Carolina Hurricanes. If they can bottle that for six weeks in the spring, this city is going to be day drunk for months and months. I'm talking June to uh, June. We're brought to you by sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. Text or call 1-833-401-1440. We're on Twitter, at Low Tide and at Declan Kruger. And the lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Hurry in for GMC's Joy to the Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in-stock 2023 GMC and Buick. Ask for details, plus get up to four grand in Christmas cash. We're talking the great WolfGMCBuick.com. Make sure you check them out on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Our guest today, bagged milk from Oilers Nation, Randy Miller from NewJersey.com. We're going to talk about the Yankees, Padres trade, the importance of pitching, and why Juan Soto should have been a Blue Jay. Okay, let's talk about important things. Transcendent. If I say transcendent to you, what do you think, Declan? What's the first thing that comes into your mind? Something so generationally great, it, they had to make up a new word for it. Yeah, like there was no other word, so they said, well, get Phil on it over here. And that's what they came up with, transcendent, beyond or above the range of merely physical human experience. Connor McDavid is transcendent. Before we talk about anything else, this used to happen with Bobby Orr. They go, look at Phil Esposito doing it. Well, it was Bobby Orr who did it. And Esposito was a great player. But the, the, the transcendent one was Bobby Orr. The transcendent one was Wayne Gretzky. Mark Messier said it. He said every day they practiced against Wayne Gretzky, they got better. Well, guess what? Connor McDavid is that kind of player. And if you need proof about what kind of player he is, in the last seven games, last seven NHL games, 19 points. Holy hell, Batman. What have, what, what have you done in the last seven soccer games you played, Declan? Uh, well, we won 5-2 last night. Not a big deal. These guys were 4-0-1 coming in, and we beat the brakes off them. How many it goals? How many assists for you? Uh, two apples. No goals. I've been telling you, man, I'm De Bruyne. I'm not a scorer, but we played a great team game. Everyone was flowing defensively. We were very responsible, moved the ball well. Great team win. Walked away, with it. Walked away from it with a smile on my face. You, if you did that seven times, you'd have 14 points in seven games, and you'd still be five behind McDavid. That's my point. Yeah. Not that but you're not brilliant. You know what? How well would McDavid do on our soccer team? Team. That's what I want to know. We'd probably be the best player. Yeah, probably by a lot. Yeah. You're probably right. And he wouldn't have to wear fake glasses. I can't believe you're still doing that. They, they look, do they, look good. They though. look so good. I know. Well, they just look so good. You know, it's just, just easy on the eyes no matter what. And that's a new tweak. I get it. Everybody wants to talk about it. I want to talk about a few players from last night. The other day, I wrote about it. And then I said, Zach Hyman is the best free agent signing in Oilers history. Now, Charlie Huddy has a case. He's a different player. He wasn't drafted in the 79 draft and then they signed him. But he was out of junior. Zach Hyman costs real cash money, and he's worth every penny. And you saw it. He's on face for a 40, or sorry, 50-goal season this year. And every one of them involves, like, a tr- you can see where Zach Hyman's been. Because there's broken skates, broken dreams, broken men, and then a mad guy at the end yelling at the referee. Hyman is just, I mean, he's filth. But in a good way. 
Love Zach Hyman. Man, I can't get enough of watching that guy. What about... Uh, Evan Bouchard is really coming into his own. He had a great spring, and then with uh, Ekholm's injury, he wasn't quite where he needed to be. But now he is. And a lot of people are giving credit to Paul Coffey, and maybe that's the case. Certainly, the team looks so much better prepared defensively, and that includes forward. Did you see Connor McDavid? Like, he made a mistake, he turned over a puck, and he went hell-bent for leather to make it right. And he did interrupt the play enough to make it not a goal. And I give him full credit for that. Man, your leaders are your leaders. And of Connor McDavid, the transcendent one, the gift from above, the one in capitals. You know how they do that with the one? Yeah. Connor McDavid, what a game he had. I want to talk about Matthias Janmark for just a moment. And we've got some Broberg news to talk to you about, but I want to do that in a second. So in the long history of the Edmonton Oilers, I've been around for all of it, including the WHA days. There's always been like a European guy who does things the coach likes and the fans, they sort of like him. But there's always some young, hot prospect they want him play in front of him. And the first guy I really recognized this about was a guy named Yaroslav Pozar. Uh, Declan, is there a video game in which the one of the support players for the superhero is like built like a gigantic trash can, garbage can, Coke machine, doesn't move quickly, but just obliterates everything in his way? Well, the first thing that came to mind was Bowser okay. in Mario Party. Okay, Bowser. Pozar was like Bowser in that he wasn't fast. He had skill. He had good hands. But what he really did was disrupt everything, and he could he could actually roll over people. And he was physical and mean, and, I mean, I think he, they just, you know, fed him pork chops or something. I don't know what they did with him, but Yaroslav Pozar was the impossibilist. He was, he was his skill set was just, like, steamroller. And I loved him, and Glenn Sather loved him, played him a lot during their Stanley years. And... This this year's version of the Euro that fans can't get behind is Matthias Janmark. And, you know, he wears a funny bucket. You know, the Europeans sometimes, I don't know why, where they get these buckets from, but they're not, they don't fit. Paul Yarby's never did. And Janmark's got the same illness with his, with his helmet. But what a player. Three assists last night. He's just that guy. You know, Derek Ryan is too. That's that guy who disrupts and dismantles and you're like, well, how the hell did that happen? And it was Matthias Janmark. I'm very pleased that he's getting love right now. So I wanted to pile on and be a part of that. Okay. Philip Broberg has been optioned to Bakersfield. Best thing for him. Go down there and play a lot, a ton. We had Jason Greger on the show. I think it was last Monday and the Monday before he had talked about this. About it happening. Um, and I think you, if you're a young player and you're the number seven defenseman, and you see them last night, they, they all look good. And there's no reason why Roberg can't look that good when he gets coached up a little bit, plays a little bit, and Bakersfield comes back. Gleason can come in here. I don't know how much he's going to play. We'll see. I don't know if Gleason's going to play. He's played, I think, four games in the National Hockey League for the Dallas Stars. So, there you go. I'm just catching something in real time from Steve Simmons, who we've had on this show. Would you say he's a friend of the show? Would that be fair? I would say if you've been on here more than two times, you're a friend of the show. And we've had him, we've had him three. We've been lucky. Okay. So All I'd right. say friend so, of the show. 
Yeah, we should have him on again. We've got some great... Rachel Dory's on Mondays now at 1040. She is a rock star. I, I, I don't talk about it on the air because I don't want to talk about it on the air. I don't want to put undue pressure on it. But somebody who can take difficult mathematical things and explain them simply to people like me who are who love math, but love math the way you like a Tonka toy or Lego. You don't really understand it, and you're better off just with red bricks and white windows and a door than the real stuff. And she can come up with really interesting ways to explain difficult processes and information in a simple way. And we'll have her on every Monday. Going to get Simmons on, too. Simmons, this is reporting out of the Toronto Sun. Rogers dropping NHL rights makes Otani deal possible for Blue Jays. And he says the wildly expensive uh, pursuit of Shohei Otani is corporately planned by Rogers to coincide with the end of its 12-year money hemorrhaging deal with the National Hockey League. Rogers is seeking to turn itself, oh, the damn ad, uh, from the hockey network, which has been an enormous drain on the company's economics, to into a Blue Jays first network. That will include a team challenging for the World Series centered around the brilliance of Otani with Rogers Sportsnet, the network, reducing costs and increasing revenue all at the same time. Oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that deal. Remember the remember the hockey deal? Ooh, doggies. I don't know why I said that. I guess I just didn't have enough Jed Clampett in my life. Anyway, Jays, Otani. What was that? I think it was just a door shutting. What? Why back, is this way. such a loud building? No, I know that one. Even that one called me they a little bit. They smoked the but... joints downstairs. I got rumble bumble. It sounds like an earthquake outside when they're moving stuff. And now we got Captain Hammer and Hank shutting the door. It's true. Like when the ground starts rumbling, I'll tell you, it really feels like an earthquake. Like people might think we're exaggerating, but it really starts to go a little bit. And you make mouth noises. I'm. I'm I don't want to call you out on this, and I'm sorry to do it live on the radio, but I just thought you are always doing. Along with your typing, you're like you're like the, you don't even need a musical instrument. You just be and you make noise. That's I, you know what? That's funny. I'd never even thought of that. Wasn't aware of it, but now I'll look for it and thank you for that. That's the wrong answer. You're supposed to get angry at me. Helmet that doesn't fit. Number ninety nine from Jim. Yeah. All right. So Broberg's in the minors. Ben Gleason back up. He hasn't been up with the Oilers, but he has played the National Hockey League. I don't know if he's going to play. I'd like to see him. I thought he was really good in training camp. This Juan Soto trade, and we are going to talk about it with Randy Miller from NewJersey.com. You may not be able to hear over the typing, but we will talk to him. Does that make you, did you stop typing when I said I did, I did. I felt so bad. Oh, my goodness. I'm just teasing you, you know. I'm just being a jerk. It's what I do. Old people like to be jerks, and I am an old people. The Juan Soto trade gives Soto, Aaron Judge, and Alex Verdugo. That's the, it's not a murderer's row, but it's on the way to being a murderer's row. And I don't hate the Yankees like I used to because Tim Raines won a World Series with them, and Tim Raines is my all-time favorite player, followed closely by Vladimir Guerrero Sr. and then Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And I do have a soft spot for Dennis Martinez. El Presidente, El Perfecto, I will never forget. All right, I'm in a good. I was in a bad mood yesterday. I didn't like what the news about the Broberg thing meant, but I'm okay now. I'm better. I've recovered. I'll be a better person today. I promise. I'm probably not. I probably won't be a better person. You can text us at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. 
To add to the Yanmark lob, didn't the Oilers' resurgence last season coincide with Yanmark getting back on the roster from Maple Jed? Well, I'm going to say it did because it, it dovetails with what my original point was, and so often whatever is actually happening has nothing to do with what I've said. So I'll go ahead and do that. Did you send out the lineup today? Did you do that? I did, yeah. It was okay. tweeted out. It's into the Twitter abyss now. All right. So on the way, we'll talk NHL rumors, Broberg being one of them, but there are others. Randy Miller will join us for NewJersey.com. We'll talk about the Yankees trade with the Jays. And we'll have bagged milk. We'll probably talk about the Jays uh, for in the community, but definitely a lot on the orders. And then we'll look at the Minnesota Wild. You know, I, I think Jacques Lemaire doesn't coach there anymore, but have they done the exorcism? Did you ever see The Exorcist? Exorcist? Oh, love it. Love it. Seen it seen it more than a handful of times. You like the horror? I uh, love horror movies. I have a horror movie collection, actually. Really? I do, yeah. Just a bunch of old DVDs from the 70s and you, 80s. Now, you said it 90s. quickly. You, say, you mean horror movie, right? Horror movies. Okay. Just, you you know? said horror movies. Yeah, I'm like, no. okay, well, now that's a different thing. I don't want to get into that. I'll that's... spell it out for clarity's sake <laughs> if need be, but I think we've made what, our point. What are your, give me your, like three of your favorite horror movies. Uh, my number one favorite horror movie of all time is Halloween. Okay. My number two is Black Christmas, which was a Canadian horror movie from 1974. Oh, interesting. And my third is Scream from 1996. Oh, okay. But and the, the, I'll say this as well: if you consider Silence of the Lambs a horror movie, that would be my favorite. But I don't. Again, really. you're saying you mean horror movie? Horror. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you my favorite horror movie, and then people are gonna get mad at me, and I don't mean to. One time years ago. A friend of mine uh, and his wife came over to our house, and we 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 had some drinks and we played cards. And we don't. I'm not a. I don't do the. So we didn't do that. But um, so we sit down. We watch this movie, and I had a completely different reaction than everybody else. And because they were like, "Oh," and I I laughed so hard, and I I maintain it is a comedy movie. But it's disguised as a horror. Have you ever seen Evil Dead? Yes, I own Evil Dead. Isn't it a great movie? Oh, it's wonderful. Now, Evil Dead 2, which came out in 87, six years later, was even better. What, was it as funny as Evil Dead 1? I think it was funnier. But it, it was a funny movie, right? Yes, like, like when the, the tree trunk is going after the girl, for God's sakes, that's funny. That was kind of scary, but no! yeah, I get what you're saying. It has so, the, what the, the tree doesn't actually have a brain. It has the comedic... The comedic element to oh it. Oh my but I think, lord! That movie, I cracked up when the tree was doing the thing, and I'm like, "What the hell are we watching?" I think they made <laughs> Evil Dead to be scary, and then when they realized it was kind of funny, they leaned into it more with Evil At Dead Two. At the too. very least, it's camp. Can we agree on that? Oh, it's incredibly camp. Thank you. All right, we have got to work on horror. It's it's. There's another syllable there. Got to work on that. This is the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. With the sense of it's the lowdown on Sports 1440. Driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Hurry in for their GMC's Joy to the Ride event. No payments for 90 days, plus get up to 4000 in Christmas cash. Ask for details or details at Wolf GMC Buick. We're going to talk about rumors right now. We got a, we got a one that's a baseball that we'll get to, um, but I want to give you an update on Philip Broberg because it is the big story. You ever listen to Paul Harvey? And that's the rest of the story. Page two. 
You ever listen to him? No. Okay. No. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, that's the thing. Like, even if I knew a little bit, I would play into it for the flow of the show. But this one, I can't even pretend. Paul so I have Harvey to just say had no. this gigantic voice. And he was syndicated across America and many, many stations in Canada at one time. And he would tell a story. And it was, I loved, I loved, I love stories. So I'd love his stories. And they were all like, eh, I don't know if that's true, but it would be, you know, like, um, there was a baseball player in the middle part of last century who was a spy. He was a catcher, I think, for the Boston Red Sox. He went to Columbia University. His name was Morris Berg. And so Paul Harvey would say, Mo Berg grew up a Harlem, New York, a typical childhood, and then he'd go on and on and on, and he'd tell you about what he did, and then he'd say, when he was at Columbia, blah, 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 and you'd end up, you'd go, oh, my good, this is sorry, and then they'd tell you he's a spy, and you'd go, holy moly, and that was Paul Harvey. Okay. Eventually, I'll explain everything I know, and you'll go, why didn't we just quit a long time ago with this guy? None of this is worth listening to. But the problem is you will have already heard it all, and it'll be done. So Philip Broberg is in the minors or on his way to his minors. Uh, ben Gleason is coming up. And you're wondering, what the heck's going on? Well, when in doubt, ask Ken Holland, and he will tell you, but it's a long answer. Or you can just go to Elliot Friedman and 32 Thoughts. And he says there may not be official permission for Philip Broberg to talk to other teams, but the word is out, and there is interest. Edmonton may send him, and they now have, to AHL Bakersfield because it's much better for a 22-year-old to play than sit. So what we're talking about here with young Mr. Broberg is if they can get value for him, then they may trade him. And it does make sense in that they need, because I've got news for you, Connor Brown, is it's not cutting it. It may yet, it may yet, it isn't right now. And so you've got to do something there. He had a 10-bell chance. Holy moly, did he have a 10-bell chance yesterday. And he hit the post or crossbar, one of the two. So they could use a two-way winger under control. Yeah. The Nashville Predators have placed Liam Foodie on waivers and return Mark Jankowski to the AHL. Those of you who like mocking the Calgary Flames will remember the Jankowski uh, draft, but he actually played in the NHL. Oscar Olison reassigned by the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Thomas Chabot's status is a little bit up in the air with the Ottawa Senators. He'll miss a second straight game tonight. He's undergoing testing on a leg injury. And they expect him to be out long-term, but they haven't updated. And they plan to in the next 24 hours. Rasmus Dahlin, we're dealing with an injury, lower body. JT Comfort, day-to-day for the Detroit Red Wings. The Bruins have uh, placed Derek Forbert on LTIR. I think some deals are going to happen here soon. Maple Leafs have shown interest in Rasmus Ristolainen. 
I have to drink a drink of coffee. Hold on. Mm. Okay. So, friend of the show, Steve Simmons, has an article out one hour ago. It's a four-minute read. I appreciate that when newspapers do that because I need to know, do I have time to go to the bathroom or do I have time to read this, then go to the bathroom, or should I go now and then come back? Four minutes, I could read it and then go to the bathroom. Rogers dropping NHL rights makes Otani deal possible for Blue Jays. The thrust of the article is that it was a little bit of bleeding done by Rogers with regard to the hockey contract that Gary got from them eons ago, and it is coming to an end. And the idea is that Rogers would be able to afford some other things, and they might make the Blue Jays their feature team as opposed to the Maple Leafs and yada, 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 because there's national contracts and there's local contracts for television coverage, right? So Sportsnet has the national, the TSN folks have like the Jets and the Habs and I think half of the Maple Leafs and obviously all of the Oilers and the Canucks and the um, Calgary Flames who are still in the league, incredibly. While centering the network on the Blue Jays does for Rogers Sports, that would bring them they're down their overall cost involved with broadcasting baseball while no longer having to deal with the gigantic losses that have come of the overestimates of what bringing NHL hockey to the network would reap. As I recall, the idea for Rogers was they were going to have people on more than one format. There'd be the TV, national and local. There would be, you know, what, do you watch your games on your your phone? No, 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 no. TV always. See, I think they thought guys like you would watch it on your phone. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is the guy who makes the deal, in the moments after the money folks figure out it's going to cost them trillions, takes a job in Europe. That's how media works. It's like when they finally figure out that people are listening to me because of Declan, I will be taking a job in Europe. And by Europe, I mean Saskatchewan. Why are you laughing? No, that was funny. I hear you over there giggling like a fool. You want this to happen today, don't you? No, not yet. Soon, but not yet. And why is that? Are you feeling like you're getting great? But you blew us off, by the way. You were going to be with us Saturday. Now you're gone. I was. Because you're so damn self-important. I know. Oh, I got another chance to do something with more people seeing me, Al. Well, they're, oh. pay, they're paying me for that appearance, so it was tough to turn down. No, it's going to be... Did they the, really? Are they really paying you? They're not, no. It is going oh. to be the Sports 1440 it Star Wars me. night at the Oil Kings game. Okay. Have you let everybody know that you're not... I will be making a guest appearance, and you will have a chance to bid on one hour with uh, me and Declan right here on uh, Sports 1440. And I will be there for that. Yes, but you won't be there on Saturday at the Bend Lounge, which is more room for us. Yeah, no, I know. I was I was thinking of you guys. The VIP section is going to be a little less crowded. I just wanted now. to meet your girlfriend. She sounds very interesting, and I could tell her the truth about you. She as a could. Broadcaster. She could still go if you oh, want. She doesn't want to go. She could have my ticket. Just strangers. No, she'd have a great time no, with you guys. No, she would not. She'd go three minutes after she met me. Goes. He seems nice. Declan likes him, but he can't hear anything. So why bother talking to him? <laughs> I hope she wins the bid for the two segments. It'd be great. Oh my God, she can come on anytime for free. I would pay her cash money. To come on this show. Well, I'll tell her she has an open invite. Mm-hmm. Tell her $20 in unmarked bills. 
And it, it would be more. I just, I'm too cheap. Anyway, on Saturday at the Bend Lounge, 147th Street, 40th Avenue, 6 p.m. to close. Limited number of tickets available. Make sure you get them at the door or you can get them now. You can join me. You can bid on. It's an autographed book of, of, my, of my book on the clock. The Complete History of the Edmonton Oilers at the NHL Draft. By the way, I went to my local bookstore, and I got the last copy. They're sold out. There's like 25 at the beginning of November, and now they're gone. And that's sort of my stash because I have to reorder, but I, <clears throat> I haven't reordered yet because I I just I can't find the email where I, <laughs> where I re... It's a well-oiled machine, my business. Anyway, it seems to be popular. I thank you for buying it around Christmas if you are as a gift. I appreciate that. And maybe just as a doorstop. You don't have to read it. Okay. I'd read it. Have you not? You do not have a copy of it? You haven't read it? No, I do. I bought one. I bought one back uh, before we worked together, back at the old station. I bought one and read it. Did you really? Yeah, of course. Did you really? Yeah. Did you like the book or did you not read it? No, I liked it. I liked it. You haven't read it all. I can tell. You went, yeah, I bought the book. Yeah, I liked it. No, I... I read about half of it. I still, what I the it hell? was. I did like it, but I. What the hell? You read half of it. You've owned it for a year at least. Yeah, it's been about that. No, you know what it honestly was. I lent it to my dad before I finished it and never got it back. This just the fact that you can lie this smoothly really makes me concerned. For no, now future. I've now I've got around to telling the truth. Well, look, I'm going to tell you a little secret. I got to get. I got to bring it in to get you autograph it. I can't believe I don't have you, it's John worth, Hancock, on it. It's worth less when I autograph it. Well, this guy, he he writes like he can't write. How could he write this book when this is his writing? Who could could decipher this thing? Anyway, you get a chance at that and an hour with us. And and, and trust me, when you get the hour on this show, and we hope that you do, we're cheering for you. Only you. Everybody else can go to grass and eat hay. When that happens, where the hell is it? Here it is. When that happens, Saturday, you'll be bidding on it. One hour live on air segment you can say to us uh, low tide ask me this or i would like to ask you this we're wide open what we won't do is if you sell varnish or if you are a representative of the i don't know the stony train muckluck company probably will talk about it but we're not going to feature any sales is that fair, Declan? I don't want to be unfair here. I think that's fair. Yeah. Have you ever had mucklucks? Never had mucklucks. Okay. They're very good. Very warm. They have a great name. <laughs> really, like, really makes you want them. Do you know what mucklucks are? I think so. Are we both texting? Because, I mean, God knows I, I probably said some profanity in the modern world. I know that I can't go near cribbage anymore. Oh, cribbage is great. I, it oh, is cribbage. not. Oh, okay. Because you can't do fifteen two, fifteen four, and then call it what I call it without getting in trouble with the man. Oh, see, I don't even know what it's called. I, you know, it's just after that, it's just fifteen six. That's the only thing I know it as. It rhymes with legging, and I can't say it on the radio. People get mad. LT heard Bruce Kerlock throw this out. Would you do Cole Sillinger for Broberg? Uh the last I looked at Sillinger, I'm not sure why they would trade him. Um. I, I I told you yesterday I, I would do Arthur Kaliev for Sillinger. And I would do that. I, I think he's a good player. Uh, and I think he could score goals. And I doubt L.A. would trade him. Um, So he was good in preseason. 
I love natural statric, but their check down, their their what do you call it when you go on there and it's at a certain spot? It's their default is sometimes preseason throws you for a loop. But right now he's played in twenty four games, has a two point zero one points per sixty, uh, goal share of forty percent. But they're a bad team. Expected goal share of forty two percent, and his relative rate in terms of share, and we'll go with goal share and Corsi is minus 7.49 for goals and minus 2.42. I'd trade for him, yeah. I think I like Cylinder. I've always liked him. But I don't know why they would do that. I don't know why they would do that. I wouldn't trade Broberg. I would for Calio, and I would for Cylinder, but I don't think those players are coming here. I think you're going to get a guy you don't like. I think you're going to get a guy who is longer in the tooth, making less role player, Jake Evans. And I'd like him, but I don't think you should trade for him. Not not Broberg. I'd trade a pick for him, fifth round, something like that. The Edmonton Oilers right now, they have a goalie. Every every few weeks, I sit in this chair, I'm reading comments on my article at The Athletic or on the blog, or I'm talking to my friend Dean who has so many opinions, so many opinions. I wish Dean had other hobbies like growing corn because his opinions just flow from him and then I have to listen to them. And But I love him, good man. And people get mad about the Jesper Wallstedt non-draft pick. But I think if you gave truth serum to Oilers management, and that includes the GM, the head scout, all the peoples of the world, they would say, well, we really believe in Stuart Skinner. We think he's our guy. And so you feel like they got that position covered. Olivier Rodrigue looks really good in the minors if they'd ever play him. So you, you want a... You want a forward, you like Xavier Borgo, you make the call. I mean, I, I'm not saying it was right, and you're free to criticize. But I, I, I feel like Stuart Skinner doesn't get the respect he deserves. And I, I feel as though the Oilers were, were warranted in having faith in him. And somehow that gets overlooked in the, the absolute... I blame the United, United. I blame the University of Alberta engineering departments because they have turned arguments online into black and white. There's no room for nuance. None of it. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Smart, smart, smart. That's it. There's nothing in between. And life, ladies and gentlemen, is never black and white. It's always shades of gray. It is. It just is. And so... I know you want to be right. I know you want to be right all the time. But just leave a little sliver, a little window open to change your mind. To maybe understand the thought process. I think you'll enjoy the sport more. Because calling people hammerheads all day, sure, that's fun. But playing along with what's going on with each NHL front office is also fun. That's my speech. That's all I'm saying. I've given that speech 10,000 times now. One of these days, 
Maybe Declan will listen. Randy Miller on the way from NewJersey.com. We're going to talk New York Yankees. Huge trade. Do they have a murderer's row in the outfield? We'll find out. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Oh, Blue Eyes. Lowdown. The Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440 is brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Hurley in for GMC's Joy to the Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in-stock 2023. GM Sir Buick, plus four grand in Christmas cash. Nice. We are scheduled, and I repeat scheduled, to have Randy Miller from NewJersey.com on to talk about the big Juan Soto trade to the Yankees. I've, I've been kind of looking through, trying to find the best Yankees outfield of all time. When I was a kid, Bobby Mercer, Roy White, and then like Matty Alou or Felipe Alou or Johnny Callison um, would have been the third outfielder. But they, like, I mean, Babe Ruth in the, like the, the 20s, well, the 10s and the 20s, I think into the 1930s, was just ridiculous. You got DiMaggio, Charlie Keller, Tommy Heinrich. DiMaggio. mm. And then, you know, Fred Lynn and and Jim Rice were together with Dewey Evans in the 70s. I don't have the answer. I'm not sure. Mantle and Maris. Yogi Berra played out there a little bit. I don't know the answer. I'm not smart enough to know that. But they've, they're going to have a good one now with Juan Soto joining Gigantor. How tall is Aaron Judge? 10 feet tall? He's only 6'7", but on the baseball diamond, it certainly looks that way. It's crazy to think in the NBA he would just be another one of the guys out there. But in the MLB, he looks like the tallest human who's ever existed. And he looks... Um, I saw Dave Winfield play live, and he went 0 for 4. Most impressive 0 for 4 I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he just he was so big. And he got on base once, I think, through a walk. And he was standing at first base. Wally Joyner was the first baseman. And I'm like, you know... Winfield was like a like a tower. And Joyner was no slouch, just the way it was. Dave Winfield was a big, big man. Intimidating. And Judge is as well. What a great home run hitter. I have a few people who are fans of Judge that I follow online. I think Megan is one. She's a school teacher. And I'd never have to worry about not knowing when... Aaron Judge does something because it'll be it'll be all over my timeline. It'll just instantly be all over my timeline. Judge is a hell of a player. Sixty-two home runs in twenty twenty-two, and then he got hurt, but he still had thirty-seven last year. For sixty games, he's averaging fifty a year, and now you've got one. Declan's making contact apparently on the moon with our guest, so we'll have him momentarily. And I think if you're a Jays fan, you were hoping that Soto would end up in Toronto if Otani didn't arrive there. 
But maybe this means it's more likely that he's going to be there in, in Toronto. We don't know. What we do know is the New York Yankees have themselves a hell of a hitter. And now something approaching a murderer's row in the outfield. We're joined now by Randy Miller from NewJersey.com. Thanks for uh, joining us. I'm sure it's a little busy for you. Once these uh, big moves happen, the Yankees specifically, things go a little crazy for you, I imagine. Yeah, I'm down in Nashville in the first few days. Uh, not much happening. And then last day, uh, the Soto trade took place. And they're, they're, uh, I know they're confident they're going to get Yamamoto, too. I don't know if that's the case. But uh, uh, they promised the big changes this winter. Cal Steinbrenner, the owner. And uh, now they made the big uh, – they got the big guy there. And I think this is going to be a one-year rental. I don't think uh, – I think it's going to be very difficult to sign sign Soto beyond one year, but they're going for it in 2024. I know Judge is going to love the move. Soto will probably hit third. Judge will hit second. Uh, so this definitely makes their lineup better, and they needed they needed this in the worst way because uh, they had a lot of older uh, guys who uh, strike out guys. Now you got a guy that can hit for average. Younger guy, it's going to sell season tickets and it's going to help them score runs. Yeah, and the lefty, you can put him in the middle. He gets on base. There's a lot about him. Now, uh, you know, in, in my lifetime, when I was started watching baseball, the, the Yankees outfielder outfield was Mercer, Roy White, and then I think Matty Alou, and then, uh, you know, maybe Johnny Callis and something like that. It wasn't, it wasn't a murderer's row, uh, but they've had some great outfields, uh, you know, in the past, obviously, in the 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s. Um, this, I mean, Judge and Soto is a hell of a nice start, uh, but you say it's like a one-year rental, so I guess get them while they're hot because they should be hot all summer. That those are two great bats. You know, I, I agree from an offensive standpoint, but the one thing I don't like about this is is now the way it's set up. Judge is going to play a lot of center field, and Soto is not a good offensive player or defensive player to where they want to put him in right field, the short right field of Yankee Stadium. They don't think he can handle a lot of the time the left field of Yankee Stadium, which is very big. He, does, he doesn't run well, doesn't take great, great jumps on the ball, doesn't cover a lot of ground. So now you're taking Judge out of right field and putting him in center, and here's a guy that's a big guy. That, I, I don't know that you want him running around a lot more. And to me, Judge in right field is a huge weapon. He's big. He jumps over the wall and brings back, brings back homers. Uh, I would much rather him. Uh, I would like to protect him a little bit, and they can't give him as many DH bats as they'd like to because they're stuck with Stanton for another, whatever it is, three or four years, and, and that's a major issue. He has a no-trade clause. He won't go anywhere. Uh, so there's still major flaws on this Yankee team. DJ LeMay is getting older, coming off three bad years in a row. Uh, Anthony Rizzo at first base had a concussion at the end of the year. Uh, they, they say he's over it, but Clint Frazier was there for several years and had a concussion issues for about three years, and even before that, uh, Rizzo's not the same guy that he was in the primaries career of the Cubs. So I get it that, that they're going for it. To me, if you're going to get Soto and give up as much as they did, uh, they got to try to sign him long-term. The problem is, is I don't know that Cal Steinbrenner will give, will give Soto more than uh, Judge. Judge got $360 million and uh, he didn't want to go that high. Uh, I'm telling you what, the Judge was going to go to the Giants, and the Giants promised Judge – that they were going to get a shortstop and they were going to get uh, they were going to bring back Rodon, and uh, I spent a day in Judge's hometown in Linden, California, about an hour and a half, two hours east of San Francisco. It's a little zero red light hometown. I know people from this town. I'm telling you, he was gone there, and the Giants screwed that up by not uh, bringing in a shortstop. They they said we're going to get Judge first and then get other guys, and that was a big mistake. 
even Carlos Rodon told me that he was telling the Giants, hey, you better sign me back and you better get someone else or you're going to lose Judge. But anyway, to get that done, Hellstrammer said, I think he was in Italy, and Judge was sleeping uh, back home around Christmas or around, this, I guess it was this time of year, in, in his home in Linden, and said, what's it going to take to get it done? And he said, you need to match the Giants now. He gave up on the Giants. And at that point, the Padres had a bigger offer, and uh, Hell reluctantly went to 360 to get the deal done. Now, Soto has turned down 440 with the Nationals. I hear he's going to ask starting at $550 million. He's a lot younger. I don't know that Hal Steinbrenner will, will go higher than Judge, who he, he has a very close relationship to. Uh, they already have three $300 million players. So uh, that's going to be – it's going to be real interesting to see if, uh, if Hal changes his mind and decides that he wants to pay somebody more than Judge uh, to try to keep this relationship beyond one year. I know the the you know the the pitching. If everything's healthy, looks like they gave up quite a package to get him. Um, how good are these are the young uh, pitchers, and and how risky is this for the Yankees to give up that much? They've taken a lot of hits in their pitching the last few years. Michael King is fabulous. Uh, the fact that they moved Michael King to the rotation at the end of last year when he was tremendous, um, I think he's better served in the. Uh, middle relief role where you count on him to get seven, eight, nine outs twice a week. And King has had so many issues with arms over the years, and he's so frail that I wonder if he could pitch 200 innings. So because they moved him to a starting role, they were able to uh, use him as a centerpiece for the deal. Uh, Drew Thorpe, they're the, the triple-A pitcher, uh, they got the scouts tell me that they think this guy can be a number two. He wouldn't be surprised if he's in the, the Padres. Uh, rotation um, by the end of the season. He's that good. Agashio, the catcher, um, he, he's uh, uh, not great defensively. If you notice that there was a rookie on the team at the end of last year, uh, Ben Rufat, who is a personal catcher to to Cole, and that's because people didn't want to throw to Agashio, so they're not going to lose anything there. Uh, like myself, uh, Kyle and I were pretty tight because he's a big Liverpool soccer fan, so I'll miss having him around. But uh, <laughs> uh, um, the other pitchers, Brito, uh, Randy Vasquez, I, I don't think they're going to be uh, premier guys. Brito did well last year uh, when he was pitching in uh, middle relief. Not a lot of pressure situations. Uh, so the, the Padres did well, very well for a rental. Um, but this is, to me, is, is uh, about the Yankees trying to get and win a World Series in 2024. There's a lot of pressure. Fans are really, really angry. They want Cashman fired. They want Boone fired. They want Steinbrenner to sell the team. Um, this team hasn't had a losing season since 1992, I believe. But you would you would think that uh, that uh, they're terrible because the fans are just so spoiled by dynasties that they expect uh, they think it's easy to win a world series and it's not in this day and age where you have luxury tax uh and now across town you got an owner that has more money uh than steinbrenner that's never happened before it's gonna be what's gonna be real interesting is this yamamoto who uh, might be another greg maddox he's 25 years old coming over uh there could be the first time ever a bid, bidding war between yamamoto between the mets and the yankees and that's never happened before and to me the mets can get anybody they want because they have unlimited funds. The guy that has about $13 billion. 
it's 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 fascinating to me because the Mets, um, like I, I I'm I'm a National League guy, uh, Expos guy, so I'm pretty familiar with the Mets and the Mets. Um, there, I, I remember they traded Tom Seaver, which was impossible, and they still did it, and and they did it, you know. I remember it too. I'm yeah. a National League guy too. I'm a native Pittsburgher. Okay, there you go. So, so I'm, I'm, I hate the DH. Uh, and I missed my trips. I was a Philly writer for 17 years, and <laughs> you every trip to Montreal a year. It's an amazing town, and I, as you, I don't know if you've ever gone, but to me, a Saturday night in Montreal for hockey is about as good as it gets. Well, you and I are friends instantly and forever because we're NL guys. But I, the Mets, my view of the Mets is the team that traded Seaver in a fit of peak. They, but if they ever got good, they like. I mean, like you say, they've got miles of money, uh, and they are in like a massive city. And if you know people would get behind them, they always stumble. Though, I, I, what if they don't? Like, what does that do to the Yankees? Because the Yankees are always king. In New York, um, I would say of the baseball fans, it's seventy-five percent Yankee fans. Um, there's, there's, you just don't hear a lot of Mets fans. Uh, out there, and um, the Mets are jealous of the Yankees. Um, they're eager for coverage. They treat you very well when you go there, uh, but the Yankees kind of always dismiss them that we can get whoever we want. Uh, the Yankees, in their mind, the Red Sox were their real rival, but now it's a situation where it could change because at some point, the Mets are going to steal guys away from the Yankees, but they have to make smart moves. They look the last couple of years, bringing in Verlander and Scherzer, you know, you're going to spend $50 million a year. It's not going to be on a guy who's 38 years old and has as many miles as they do on their arms. Um, But I I think they're going to try to get Yamamoto. And I think they're going to try to get Soto after this year. And uh, it's going to be very difficult for the Yankees to lock him up anytime before because Soto's agent is Scott Boris and Boris wants to take his people to uh, to free agency, and now that he's with the Yankees, he wants the Yankees in the bidding to try to drive it up. So I think uh, we're going to get a bidding war this year with Yamamoto. Uh, I think uh, if he doesn't go to the Dodgers, I think I think Otani's going to the Dodgers, and then that'll take the Dodgers out of the running. And, and Yamamoto grew up a Dodger fan. Then I think it's going to come down to the Mets and Yankees. I know people with the Yankees have told me privately they think Yamamoto will go there because he's he respects the tradition of the Yankees so much, but he was supposed to get maybe $200 million and it's already, I'm hearing, price over $300 million. Oh. So uh, if the Mets keep going up and up and up, they're going to they're get him because Steinbrenner is uh, it's not it's not unlimited funds for Steinbrenner. He, he okays every decision, and he went above and beyond in his mind to keep judge, and that's not going to be uh, – Soto's going to cost a hell of a lot more than that. And Yamamoto might cost uh, judge like money by the end. You you um, you grew up in Pittsburgh. You said I grew up in Pittsburgh, and and uh, um, <laughs> to me, to me, the best hockey player I've ever seen was Mario Lemieux. Yep. And I I, I I love Gretzky. And I remember when I was a uh, beat writer for the Flyers for a couple years in Devils. I know Mark Howell, Gordy's son, pretty well. And I said, tell me, tell me the truth. Who's the greatest hockey talent you ever see? And he says. All right. He said, uh, I'll tell you, uh, it's Lemieux. Lemieux was the greatest talent. He says, but the problem is that Lemieux didn't, didn't bring his A game every game. He would, he would bring it when he was mad. And Gretzky brought it every single game for his entire career. Yeah, I, was, I, was a, I was in college when, uh, 
when when you started, I was it was eighty four, and I would take a, a one dollar bus ride down to the Civic <laughs> Arena and buy a eight dollar ticket and uh, watch almost all the Penguin games. But I, I was in Edmonton for a few games, and I tell you what, uh, I'm a huge fan of Canada. Love my time in Edmonton. Love my time in Calgary, Vancouver. I, I miss Western Canada, and and uh, I wish the people in in the United States could be as friendly as the Canadians are because every single time I, I've been to Canada, I'm, I'm treated uh, amazing. And uh, guys are great sports fans, and I love your country, and I like your city too. Oh, you're a gentleman. Next time we talk, we're going to talk about Doc Ellis's acid field no hitter. I promise. Thanks, man. <laughs>